From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. What do you do? When you see a bad law being proposed, or you're worried that an anti-gun politician could get elected, it's true that big national or state organizations do a lot of the heavy lifting, but can ordinary citizens get involved? Do elected officials actually listen when you speak? Can you personally make a difference? That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and I'm joined by David Conte, NRA ILA's Campaign Field Representative. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dean. BFA is often contacted by people, and they're always asking the question, what can we do? And whether it's about a piece of legislation or it's about an election or, you know, they just have general concerns and they want to be involved in some way. You know, we have lobbyists and, you know, we have our way of doing things, but what can the average person do? And, and they're, they're often very curious about that. Uh, let's talk about legislation first. So let's, let's imagine that there's um, a bad piece of legislation. We don't really have to imagine much because there's a lot of that out there. So right. somebody wants to get involved and they want to do something about that. Describe some of the different things that people can do. Sure. So the first thing that uh, you know the you know uh, the average citizen should do is to go on to you know either the NRA's website, you know Buckeye Farms website, and sign up for those legislative alerts. That's the easiest first step. Then you can get um, you know updates. You know, as you know, legislation pops up into you know committees and then starts to you know move through the process. The next step, uh, you know, to take things a step further, is to go to you know uh, the Capitol, uh, you know, the website, and uh, to log on there to get uh, specific emails. Uh, you know, whenever um, uh, you know keyword you know pops up, maybe it's you know firearm, gun, you know, so on. And then you'll get those alerts and you can keep track and you can read the bills directly there. I know our emails and I believe your emails as well, you know, have links, you know, to the uh, the legislation language. We typically kind of, you know, do the Barney basics, uh, you know, clip notes of the legislation, but everybody should get into the nuts and bolts and and read the the legislation in full. Uh, And then from that point, uh, during normal times outside of COVID, uh, the next thing I would recommend is for people to, you know, try to schedule uh, meetings with their legislators, you know, to to talk to them, you know, about uh, about the proposed, uh, you know, bill. Right now, that's pretty difficult, you know, across the United States, uh, particularly here in Ohio, uh, to speak, uh, you know, to to your representatives. Outside of that, uh, sending emails. Uh, we make it pretty easy for, you know, forum emails. You just, you know, click on a button, you know, take action. And you can, you know, you can change some of the language in there. Uh, but by and large, it's pretty easy. It pulls up your, uh, your, your rep or your senator uh, or even the governor. 
and you can email directly. A lot of people always ask me, you know, are emails, you know, effective? Uh, you know, are phone calls effective? Every rep, every every res representative out there uh, has legislative or uh, aides, and uh, those aides, what they do is they have a, a constituent, you know, tracking system. So you say, you know, you're anti, you know, this particular bill, uh, or you know, pro uh, this bill. They'll actually keep a tally of all that, you know, whether it's physical mail coming in, whether it's email, whether it's phone calls. And then at the end of the day, they will put all that tally up into a report and give that to the representative, uh, you know, for them to make, uh, you know, a better decision on where their constituents, you know, stand on the issue. And uh, I think it was towards the end of last year, I think it was in New York. Oh, no, correction. Uh, it was uh, California. There was a, a string of anti-gun bills, as there always is in California. And uh, there was one that was, uh, in particular, it was a hunting bill. And it was very, very egregious. And, uh, you know, we sent out an alert. And, you know, thousands and thousands of people responded to this. And it terrified the representative there in, uh, in uh, California that put this bill forward. And he Im immediately withdrew the bill, made a statement that he was going to leave it up uh, to, um, you know, Fish and Wildlife uh, to, uh, you know, put forward, you know, different uh, policies and procedures. And, uh, you know, almost immediately uh, he <laughs> he got out of the uh, the legislation game when it came to hunting uh, with uh, with firearms in that particular, you know, in, in California. So it does work. Uh, we've seen it work in Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey recently, uh, New York, uh, even in Virginia, uh, where they've had uh, a recent you know, onslaught of anti-gun bills uh, since their uh, legislators uh, have, uh, you know, flip-flopped there in that state. So uh, I know that we've done similar things here in Ohio. Uh, we have a similar system to what the NRA has. And there have been occasions when we've talked to legislators and they've said, you know, you actually shut our emails, email system down. That, that you've, uh, there, there was uh, a bill last year and we put out an alert and they got so many emails. I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands and it just overwhelmed their system. We've done that with phone calls as well. So do they take notice? Yeah, they absolutely, they absolutely take notice. Now, now you had mentioned a website here in Ohio. I want to, I want to be specific about that. If you want to follow legislation here in Ohio, it's legislature, legislature.ohio.com. Gov. Now you can just Google the Ohio legislature and, and that will come up. But the, the website address is legislature.ohio.gov. This is actually a pretty cool website. And I'm not sure that they do this in every state. You can tell me this, but on this website, you can track legislation, committees, you know, particular bills, particular committees. You can track subject matter. Uh, they're all different ways that you can get involved and know what's going on. You can read the bills, read the testimony. You do have to create an account. So you have to give it your email address, but it's free. It's open to everybody. And here at Buckeye Farms Association, we use this website, you know, plus other tools, but we're on this website all the time. Do, do they have something similar in other states? Yes, uh, so far, um, I haven't come across a state that doesn't. Uh, Ohio is pretty sophisticated. 
um, you know, compared to others, uh, other states, uh, they'll scan in like maybe a PDF and, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you kind of have to, you know, kind of be lucky to kind of, you know, try to find things. Uh, but with Ohio, it's, it's very easy. Indiana, you know, is, uh, is, is pretty good uh, with this. Uh, uh, so I oversee uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky, and all of those have pretty good, you know, pretty good websites. Uh, nothing, you know, pops into my mind as far as, you know, not being able to find uh, this uh, in, in this day and age. And there's another website that I've not used a lot, but it is out there. It presents information in a different way. It's called Legiscan, and it's yeah. just, it's L-E-G-I-S-C-A-N.com, Legiscan.com, and it's with every state. You just get into the area where your state is, and it will show you all the bills that are active. You can, you know, look up all kinds of information. It's very different from that other website with the state, but it gives you different tools and, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. You know, try out both of those websites. If you're interested in following bills, reading the actual bill, seeing the status of bills, looking at who's testifying, reading their testimony, all this kind of stuff, it's all public information. So at least here in Ohio, you can access all of that. And there's something similar on the federal level as well. Um, off the top of my head, I, I cannot remember the particular website, but uh, I do have to warn you, uh, if you put in any uh, search words for, you know, gun, firearm, magazine, uh, assault weapon, uh, you, you will get a text message uh, uh, literally uh, every few minutes and it'll keep you up uh, pretty late at night. So uh, the, the bills that uh, pertain to gun control are, are pretty fast and furious uh, on the federal level, uh, particularly right now, uh, which we're, we're tracking uh, dozens of them right now. So, I, I, uh, David, I think we could agree that uh, step one, subscribe to alerts either with the NRA or with the Buckeye Firearms Association here in Ohio or whatever state you're in, you're probably going to have a pretty st- a strong state organization subscribe to their alerts. Keep up to date on what's going on. There are a lot of good organizations around the country. And then number two, look up one of these websites or both so you can track legislation on your own and be educated about it. That's one of the things that we find is that very often people don't know how the whole process works. And you can learn a lot just by looking uh, on these websites and seeing how the process goes. And you can at least on the Ohio site, you can look back in previous legislative sessions as well. So you can look back to the previous, say, three or four legislative sessions and look at those bills and who testified and read all the testimony and so on. Absolutely. And, and every piece of you know, legislation, you know, this is a multi-step you know, process. It's also a multi-year process. So you know, here in, in Ohio with you know, constitutional carry, Hopefully, it'll get back on track, uh, you know, this year. Uh, but it's also been several years in the making, uh, you know, getting it to this point. So, you know, take the time, look at previous bills, you know, see how they've changed uh, over time. Uh, I, I highly recommend signing up for legislative alerts from multiple organizations. Uh, you know, not just us. You know, uh, definitely, you know, Buckeye, you know, NRA, and and others that are out there. Because uh, everybody has, you know, a little different, uh, you know, spin. Some of them, uh, some of them react a little bit faster than others. Uh, 
you know, we have a team uh, that, uh, you know, focuses on trying to get the information out there as, as fast as possible. But state level groups uh, typically, uh, you know, beat us to the punch uh, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, alerts. Uh, so uh, sign up for several and that, that'll definitely, uh, you know, cover you, you know, with uh, with getting uh, information as uh, quickly as possible. So now what's your take on showing up for things like hearings? Now, I know that, you know, with COVID, that's been a little screwy. They've had some odd rules down at the state house, although that's beginning to change. Does it really uh, affect legislation when ordinary citizens show up and provide testimony? Do you, is that something you recommend that people do? Oh, absolutely. So being there in person and getting your voice heard is probably the best, uh, you know, option for you, you know, in person, you know, then, you know, phone calls and then, you know, emails, you know, and so on. Uh, showing up there, you know, and giving, you know, personal testimony, you know, you're looking those, you know, those politicians in the face and, you know, you're giving testimony on how these particular bills are going to be uh, affecting you personally and that you're a constituent. Uh, and that's that's very powerful. Uh, and you don't, you know, don't just do that for anti-gun bills. You need to do it for pro-gun bills as well. And being there, showing your support for a bill uh, shows support, you know, for those politicians that, you know, are writing those bills uh, sponsoring those bills and so on. Uh, a lot of people uh, forget to give that love and support towards those politicians. Uh, you know, they always just focus on the negative and, and fighting uh, the, um, uh, you know, the, the bad bills. Uh, but showing up there in person and showing up in, in force, we, we have uh, what's called a fast action team. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm rebuilding that uh, in Ohio. Uh, and that's where, you know, group of people can come together, uh, go into the Capitol and, uh, you know, fill those rooms up during those committee hearings, you know, to show support. And optically, you know, that is very, very powerful because typically the media is there. And uh, when they're panning around that room, you know, it's very, very important for them to see a room full of, you know, pro Second Amendment, uh, you know, supporters. So, you know showing up in person, testifying in person, or just sitting there with, you know, pro-Second Amendment uh, gear on, you know, is, is, is very, very helpful. Well, I can tell you that a few years ago, we would say that Bloomberg and, and all of those kind of people weren't very good at the ground game. They really weren't showing up at the state house. They weren't showing up at the city level. Uh, once they got organized as every town for gun safety, and they got a lot of funding, I would say that maybe three, four years ago, they got very organized and now they're good at it. So it's not unusual for a bill that's very much in the news where you'll have 20, 30, 40, 50 of these um, you know, moms who will show up all with the red shirts and they're affiliated with the Bloomberg group and they'll fill up a room. And so a lot of their testimony is completely, I'm just being honest, it's completely ignorant sometimes. They have no clue what they're talking about. They often have no idea of what's actually in the bill. But as you're saying, visually, they fill up the room and they put a lot of heat on some of the politicians. And you're saying, look, you got to show up and, and show them a little support. That's right. 
often, you know, my take on hearings is you're not necessarily showing up to convince them because a lot of the groundwork has already been done by the time that hearing happens. So it's not like it's a debate session where they're going to make a decision based on what you say at that time. But what it does is that it shows them that they have support so that when they're getting all those nasty emails and getting all those nasty calls and the anti-gun folks are putting a lot of pressure on them, they know that they've got your support and they know that they're not in it alone. And and that's the important thing. So that's why the phone calls, the, the emails, and even showing up in person is really important. And I, and I just want to throw this in there, Dave. You talked about showing up with your gear. Um, we're talking about showing up, you know, with a with a shirt on or something along those lines. You cannot show up with firearms right, right uh, at the state house. There, there's security. You cannot bring guns into the state house yeah. at this at this time. Pandemic year, you know, you know, NRA Buckeye right. you know, T-shirt, you know, pro Second Amendment shirt, right, you know, pro Second Amendment hat, and of course. So just, just didn't want to get anybody uh, in trouble when they show up at the state house. They're usually pretty cool about all that, but uh, you do go through security, especially now. And uh, sometimes there are only particular entrances where you can even go in. So don't, you know, it's, it's sort of like the airport. You're going to go through that kind of security, walk through a scanner and all that. So, right. let's, uh, so let's turn to elections. We've been talking about legislation. Elections are important too. And let's just be blunt about this. In, in the gun world, gun owners tend not to really want to get very involved in elections. I think that that's true about conservatives in general. It's sort of an open secret in, in politics. The, and, and David, you and I have talked about this a lot. People want a certain outcome in the election, but it's really hard to get volunteers to work on campaigns. Do you want to talk about that a little bit uh, and what people can do if they want to get involved. So you're, you're absolutely right. You know, there is a big difference uh, between the um, uh, ideological, you know, divide uh, on, on the left side of the spectrum. You know, it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, year in and year out involvement in politics, you know, all the way down to the, the smallest level, you know, to, you know, the federal level. When you get to, you know, right of center, Typically, you start seeing individuals or voters that will vote and then, you know, at the end of the day, they're done and they just want to go home, spend time with their family, go to work. Um, yeah, leave, and, leave, leave me alone. And, 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 <laughs> and, and be left alone and, and not have to worry about it for another two to four years. And for a lot of people, you know, it's it's once every four years, you know, so political uh, campaign advocacy uh, and uh, and ground uh, you know efforts is, is very very challenging. Uh, with the NRA, I've been you know doing campaign work for for ten years uh, for them, and then before that, uh, you know probably another you know five to eight years. And getting volunteers to you know do the phone banking, uh, do the you know door to door canvassing work is is very very challenging, but you know, particularly canvassing, that's where you win. You win at the doors. And 2020 showed us, uh, I oversaw a number of states and, you know, went to a little over uh, 20 states last year uh, for the elections. And we were successful in about 86% of our races, you know, in total. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, not very successful in the presidential race. 
but you know, a lot of down ticket races, you know, very successful. And that success was one at the doors, you know, talking about the issues one-on-one and how some of these different bills out there or the proposed bills that were being talked about in these debates, uh, you know, how that was going to impact them as an individual, how it was going to impact their families. And that kind of direct interaction with people, you know, it really woke up a lot of people. And uh, now that we've seen the consequences of, you know, the presidential race, uh, you know, a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork going, I, I, I had no idea that this was going to happen. And, you know, you just have to scratch your head, you know, you, know you, you don't understand how they couldn't understand that. But a lot of people put blinders on and, and they walk through life with those blinders. Uh, they think everything is going to be okay until you know something you know pretty bad happens and and now we're facing you know a number of very very bad you know federal bills uh and there's a whole lot worse that's you know in the works or have just been proposed fortunately uh you know a lot of good work was done last year uh you know stopped a very very big you know anti-gun wave uh that uh, everybody predicted that was going to happen uh, but we gained a lot of ground in the House and we prevented, you know, further erosion in the Senate. So I've already started working on 2022 and 2024 in my states. And, you know, for people that want to you know, learn how they can get, you know, the training uh, on the technology and how to approach people, you know, at the doors or at shows or in phone banking, you know, I'm going to be conducting those trainings, you know, from here until, well, forever. Doomsday, doomsday from here till doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that you can do and especially with the technology and the NRA has a lot of really interesting technology where, you know, some people can just sit at home with their cell phone and they can text people or they can call people and you've made it so easy that it's, it's, um, it's almost a no brainer to get involved in something like this. And, and it's amazing how many people you can contact and, I know that, uh, David, a lot of what you guys do is this is not calling people and trying to convince them to, right. you know, to, to change their mind or whatever. This is usually you're calling fellow gun owners and you're just saying, hey, make sure to get out and vote. You, you know, they, they agree with you on the issue. So these are not confrontational conversations right. or anything else. It's actually pretty easy. And a lot of people enjoy it. So years ago... You know, before the advent of, you know, the, the smartphone uh, applications, organizations, campaigns would kind of fly blind and they would target, you know, every door or, or maybe they would just get the voter registration, you know, database and, and go off of that. Prior to 2008, what we would do is we would go out in the field, we would train people and then kind of hand them over to politicians or candidates and, uh, and and that would be it. And then we realized that they weren't good stewards of the volunteers. Uh, they weren't investing in data. They weren't investing in technology. So at that point, I think uh, 2009 was the first year where we you know purchased our, our first uh, you know bit of technology. 2012 it dramatically changed where we can customize your experience you know, for campaigning. So the days of going into an office or having to talk, you know, directly with a campaign, you know, field organizer organizer, 
and getting, you know, your marching orders and getting a piece of paper of, you know, here's all the doors. We have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. We figure out, you know, what your area is all about. We look at the data that we have, and then we construct, you know, all right, these are the people within your area uh, that we need to contact. And so it's custom because, you know, if you live in Youngstown, the people that you need to be targeting there and the experience there is going to be very, very different from, you know, Columbus to, uh, you know, Cincinnati, or if you're in the middle of, you know, Farmville, uh, you know, Ohio, uh, it needs to be custom. And in real time, we can actually analyze that data. And if we see that we're not contacting, you know, the correct people in a timely manner, we can actually change gears in real time. So we're not wasting your time. We're not going to doors that we don't need to be messing around with. Uh, and we always have, you know, lots of literature to hand out. And, and right on your phone, you know, there, there's a script and we work with you, you know, on that script. Uh, you mentioned texting, you know, 2020. Uh, I think we, we were just starting to test it in 2016, 18 and 19. We really, you know, went full bore. And then 2020, we just, you know, took the brakes off. Uh, and we're able to contact, you know, tens of millions of people just through texting alone. And these are all, whether it's through texting, whether it's through email, phone calls, or, you know, door-to-door -door interactions, they're all very, very hyper-targeted, you know, individuals. For the people that we have a lengthy record of, you know, we know 100% this person's going to vote for our person, we'll contact them you know, maybe early on say, hey, are you good to go on the issue? They'll say yes, maybe no. And then we'll remind them, you know, during our get out the vote efforts at the very end. Our main focus are people that are friendly towards the Second Amendment, but, you know, they may be kind of wishy-washy, you know, when it comes to, you know, voting on a regular basis or voting for particular parties. And that's where we like to spend a lot of our, our time with. And so whether or not you're you know, a volunteer doing texting, you find somebody who's undecided, uh, that will build the platform for somebody to knock on that door. And you know, for phone bankers, they'll, they'll build on that conversation. So you may not meet the other volunteers, but everybody's putting a piece of the puzzle, uh, moving the ball down the, uh, down the field ensuring that on election day, we have a very high likelihood of winning that vote for the particular pro, pro Second Amendment candidate on election day. Now, the final thing that, that I think that we ought to talk about is how local a lot of politics are, you know, at the federal level, at the state level, you know that there are a lot of us working on that all the time. But I keep reminding people in Ohio, we have a little shy of 2,300 cities, villages, and townships. That's a lot of localities, and I don't care what the organization is, none of us can track legislation, elections, and everything that's going on locally. I'm always hearing from people where they're saying, you know, city council is going to do this terrible thing. Or I was just contacted the other day about, well, actually, you know, we were talking about this, where there's a, a township that is wanting to, you know, put some regulations on backyard shooting ranges. This is not unusual at all. This happens all the time. And really, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, I'm talking directly to you. You are the only person 
who can help in those areas. You've got to attend your city council meetings. You've got to pay attention to what the trustees are doing if you're in a township. Because if you're not attending, if you're not paying attention, a lot of this stuff will go completely under the radar. Because again, in Ohio, just think about this number, 2,300 cities, villages, and townships. That's a lot of locations. And that's a lot of potential for bad ordinances to be passed, uh, bad uh, regulation, and for, you know, and, and cities aren't always following what Ohio law is. You know, there's supposed to be preemption. But we know very well a lot of st- cities are regulating firearms, and it's completely against the law. So, you know, we've sued Columbus, we've sued Cincinnati, but we can't sue over 2,000 cities. You know, nobody has that kind of money, or nobody has that kind of time. So I'm, I'm really urging people, you know, pay attention to what your city council is doing locally. Politics comes down to local. That, that is going to affect you more than anything at the federal level in most, in most cases. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I would say, you know, local is the most important. You know, several years ago, pro- probably about uh, 11, 12 years ago, you know, I, I always focused on, you know, federal you know, the, the action was always with presidential races, Senate races, you know, congressional. And then uh, I think it was about 2011, I got involved in a sheriff's race and a whole string of um, uh, city council and uh, county commissioner's races. And my eyes were completely wide, you know, open. I, I was shocked the direct impact and how fast that impact was, you know, on, on, on me. So, you know, just the other day, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, locality and uh, in, in north, um, you know, northeastern Ohio was talking about uh, increasing uh, the amount of yards that you had between homes for, for shooting in your backyard from 300 to 900. You know, it's very, very important. You know, organizations like ours, it's, it's impossible to keep track of, you know, all of these different, uh, you know, cities and counties and, and what they're doing. And, you know, there's been many times where people have reached out and said, hey, you know, my city council is thinking about, uh, you know, rezoning or, uh, you know, areas uh, so you can't have new gun stores. So in Indiana, there's there's one county there uh, that um, you cannot have a gun store within uh, X amount of yards of two, uh, two liquor stores. It's a really, really weird uh, ordinance that they have there. And it's not statewide, it's just one in one particular location. Uh, but, you know, we've been able to, you know, you know, energize people at their local, you know, uh, local county level, you know, to fight against that. Uh, so, you know, don't assume that, you know, organiza- organizations like ours, you know, hear all this, you know, send us an e- email, you know, let us know what, what's going on there. And then we can, you know, have that bigger, you know, bullhorn you know, to, uh, you know, to notify people, but, you know, attend those meetings, you know, uh, attend, uh, you know, local political meetings, you know, get involved. And uh, because, you know, when I used to have Illinois, I can't remember what the stats were, but local aldermen's and, you know, county commissioners uh, and school board, I think it was like 30 or 40% of those politicians would later go on to state you know, state level, you know, positions and, you know, statewide positions. Uh, and there's a, a high percentage of those that go on to federal 
you know, uh, state or, uh, you know, uh, Congress and, and state Senate. So, yeah, they're, they're like the farm team. I mean, it's like in baseball, you know, you got to pay attention to local because that's where they start. Absolutely. Yeah, and if, and if you can keep them honest there and, and track them there or help weed out, uh, you know, politicians at an early level, uh, you know, you're, you're going to see save a lot of effort and a lot of heart, heartache uh, many years down the road. So, and and we've worked with people who have contacted us, uh, and I've made this sort of a, one of my personal missions where people will say, well, you know, here's here's my city. They've got some signs up. Aren't aren't they supposed to take all of these no gun signs down? I said, yeah, they were. Those were supposed to be down years ago. So I would work with that person. Here's how you go to city council. Here's how to look up the laws. Here's what you need to do. And in several localities, we've worked that way. Where you know we didn't necessarily show up ourselves, but we worked with a citizen because that's who city councils really listen to is the constituents, the people who live there. And we've gotten signs taken down. We've gotten ordinances changed. In my city, we had uh, an ordinance changed that had to do with the power that the city manager had over firearms and emergencies. You know, there, there are laws like this all over the state. You'd be shocked if you look at your local laws, what's hidden in there. And so you really you have to be aware of your local laws. You have to attend those meetings. And sometimes it's just a matter of bringing it up. It's not always a fight. Sometimes, you know, they're dealing with, for the most part, you know, you know, sidewalks and trees and, uh, you know, repairing local electric lines or, you know, whatever it is they're doing, zoning and whatever, and they're not really paying attention to gun stuff. That, that is just not on their radar. But, you know, you have to bring that to their attention. Sometimes they appreciate it. Sometimes they don't. But if, if you personally are not there, very often we're never going to know it. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, one thing that I forgot to mention, you know, uh, early on here, always be respectful, you know, whether it's, you know, through testifying, talking to your, your uh, to your representative or going to the city council. Um, you, you're absolutely right. You know, more often, more often than not, you know, some of these pop policies, you know, are, you know, uh, old relics, you know, that the, the current, you know, uh, you know, city council members or commissioners aren't even aware of. And but by bringing it up to their attention, being respectful about it, um, it's always been my experience that, uh, you know, the reason why there's not change is because, you know, good people uh, don't uh, don't take the initiative and, and, and bring it, you know, to uh, to their attention. And, you know, on a lower level, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, elected officials, you know, they want the same thing as, you know, the ones on the state level and, and the federal level, and that's to be reelected. And when one other constituents approaches them, especially on that level of, of local level, it's, uh, they, they listen a lot faster uh, because uh, there's, there's a, a much smaller pool of voters. Uh, so you get a few friends, uh, a few, uh, few neighbors, uh, you know, to go with you. Uh, that has uh, a major, you know, impact uh, on, on your voice to get uh, things changed at the local level. And uh, I did something like that in our neighborhood. We had um, an Airbnb that was just a few houses up from me, and they were renting it out. And literally, they were, and, and I'm in a fairly ordinary suburban neighborhood, there were buses coming in, unloading people 
hundreds of people having parties, drunken parties. There were fights, there were threats, there were you know bottles thrown around. In our neighborhood, that is very unusual. We had to keep calling the police to deal with this sort of thing. So, you know, I just went, and, and most uh, city councils have an open session where you can get up and just talk to them and just make comments. So, you know, I went and I made a few, you know, very polite, professional comments about this, saying that, you know, that that's not what should be happening in our neighborhood. I invited neighbors to go and I asked them to all stand. And, you know, you could, you could tell the city council members' eyes kind of widened, like, wow, you know, we usually don't get this many people showing up for city council meetings. So they paid attention to it. And they started, uh, you know, working on it, investigating it, and seeing, you know, what was going to happen. And eventually, you know, those uh, neighbors with the house, they moved because they were just getting too much heat. Um, and that's not what you're supposed to be doing with an Airbnb. And I know that's a whole different subject matter, but it shows that, on a local level, you can really have a lot of impact if you just show up and talk to them, and it helps to get to know them personally. If you know them by name and they know you, and their experience with you is not just you showing up and complaining and yelling at them, because then they don't want to talk to you. If you are involved locally, that really helps. When they recognize you, you, you know them by name, you pass them on the sidewalk, uh, you know, then and, and they know who you are, and you wave, and and that kind of thing. I'm not saying you have to be really buddy buddy with people, but if they know who you are and and know you by sight, that's going to improve. That's going to increase your influence a lot. Absolutely, and uh, you know, one thing that I think gets overlooked or, or people you know forget to do is, you know, once they find you know if it's a, a local you know politician or you know a, a higher level politician. You forget to talk to what you would call, you know, opposition. Uh, even if you don't agree on a particular issue, uh, there's going to be some common ground. Be respectful. Still, always talk to them. Never give up. Probably the number one thing that I hear from people is, I can't talk to my, you know, local commissioner because they always vote the wrong way. Well, you know, maybe you know, start that conversation with them. You know, get your friends involved. Uh, and and talk and, and once they see that you know there's enough you know constituents out there that um, uh, you know maybe they'll they'll, they'll soften up on, on their stance uh, and uh, and start uh, listening to you a little bit more uh, once they realize that not everybody is on board uh, you know what uh, what they're they're pushing there. Yeah, you don't have to win an argument. It it doesn't even have to be an argument. You just have to if you're if you're there a lot, if you show up, if you're voicing your opinion and not being such a pain that they run away every time they see you, you're going to have some kind of an influence. As you say, if, if they just soften a little bit, maybe they're a little less likely to introduce bad things or do bad things, but you're going to have an effect. J again, just by showing up, just by being vocal. Well, David, uh, thanks a lot. This was all really uh, good information. I encourage people to sign up for alerts. You can do that at Buckeye Firearms Association. Uh, NRA has alerts where they um, send out uh, telling you what's going on. We have a free free newsletter you can sign up for at BuckeyeFirearms.org. So, uh, David, I hope to have you come back. I know uh, this is Saturday, but you're still hard at work. So I'll let you go, and you can get back to uh, tilting with windmills out there and uh, doing, doing what you're paid to do. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dean, and I look forward to coming back in the future.
That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at BuckeyeFirearms.org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to joinbfa.org. Use the discount code podcast to get $10 off your membership. That's joinbfa.org. We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.